Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Hey, good evening, everyone. We're hoping that you can join us for the whole program tonight. We're going to be talking on Jesus is coming again, coming back. I'm Margie, and I'm Jerry, and uh, what a powerful, amazing topic we've got tonight. Yeah, I know. It's like urgent and important and unbelievable, amazing, shocking, and totally hidden. A lot of people um, have no clue. I know. Most people have no clue that he he came yeah. the first time and mm-hmm. that he's coming again. Yeah, so. I know. It's scary. I, I just, you know, keep reading and thinking. You know, it, it's really, it really is. It's our blessed hope, obviously. And, and, and those who look for his appearing are going to be blessed. But Jesus, this was the core, one of the core principles of the, of the gospel that Jesus left us, the gospel of grace. And this is the thing that, that the, the apostles, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they hung their hat on. They hung themselves on the hope that this was true. Jesus said, and you know, the, everybody knows the scripture. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, maybe nobody. Not everybody, not yeah. everybody. John 14, 1. And Jesus is getting ready to go at this point. You know, he's been hanging around with the disciples for like three and a half years. So the disciples are, are really, uh, they're nervous about that. They're scared. They've just been yeah. with him for three a and a half years. Yeah. Uh, and now he's talking about. Ministering and, the, you know, they've developed, of course, I guess we'd call it <laughs> bonding <laughs> and uh, for all those years. Uh, and then he's all of a sudden talking Jesus about says, leaving. Yeah. I've got to go. I'm going to leave you now. Whoa. So and, and he addresses that right there in John yeah, chapter fourteen. Yeah, it says, 14. Um, "Let not your heart be troubled." I, I think he kind of could see it maybe on their face. I don't know. He said, "You believe in God, believe also in me." Now think about that for a second. I mean, really, here he is coming in the form of a human being, born into a family, a family with a last name, a family that had a trade, a family that was you know planted in the community, um, and he's saying he is the Son of God, and he's saying, "Believe." in me as I'm introducing myself and demonstrating that I am the Son of God. So that was a big request. He, he lived with that uh, all, all his life, uh, his mm-hmm. earthly life, people questioning and challenging his identity. Well, and his own brothers, half-brothers actually, not full-blooded, but they had a hard time. And I, I think most of them didn't believe until after he had actually risen from the dead. That's right. But... Um, but John the Baptist was one of his cousins, and he got a good start. He believed from the beginning. But Jesus said, um, believe also in me. Now, this is a problem. Even today, I mean, that is the bottom line. That's a simple. Believe in me. Believe that I am God. Believe that I've come to save you, rescue you. Believe that you're lost. Believe that you can't make it to heaven. Believe you won't live forever in the right place if you don't believe in me. I mean, this is basically the gospel. Everybody believes in something. Everybody, everybody has a religion of sorts. Mm-hmm. And they give a lot of lip service, some people, yeah. to, to Jesus. But, you know, they don't really believe it because they don't live it. They don't live like they believe it. And, and you know, you've got to live like you believe what you say you believe. You know, even though, see, the problem is it's faith. You, you've got to believe it without seeing it first. Mm-hmm. But we have no problems believing things 
you believe that if you, you know, uh, turn on the television, it's going to work. You believe you get in your car and turn on, it's going to go. I mean, you just, we believe it because we've had experiences with, but we've never seen or had a belief or an experience of Jesus coming again. And for all of us, we never saw him come the first time. So this is all an act of faith. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So he opened up the discussion with, I'm leaving and you know where I'm going. And I promise you, I promise, make a promise that I will return. I'm going to make a mansion for you. Um, This isn't all there is. What you've got now, what you're going through now, is not the end of everything. That's a difficulty oftentimes we have is looking beyond the the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. and The snares, um, the cares. And and some people believe they're going to be recycled and reincarnated and just kind of go through this again and again and again. So there's a... A mad rush, actually, for immortality. There's a big push on for immortality. Uh, And... and, uh, but still, there's a there's a there's rush for immortality because there's a fear of death. That, you know, there's that mm-hmm. unknown component. Mm-hmm. But there is not it, it, when you look at the scriptures. There, it, it's it's clear there right. there is a a lot of known components there mm-hmm. to the future for those who are trusting Jesus. So we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to look at some of these. There's a lot of scriptures, and I don't know if we're going to even get them all because there's so many. But um, he did. I want to finish off in John 14. Um, 27 and 28, he says, um, I leave with you my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard in, uh, me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said I'm going to the Father, and my Father is greater than I. And so, actually, when he went to the Father through the resurrection, when he died and rose again, ascended to heaven, ten days later, he sent the Holy Spirit to live and, and continue the work that he had begun in the hearts and souls, spirits of every human being that was willing to follow Jesus. So we have a new, a, a, a new dimension, a real mm-hmm. new, it's a dimension mm-hmm. of peace that this world cannot give, and yet you don't see many people accessing that dimension. At yes, all. there there is a way to that place that he has prepared for us, and um, you know Thomas, who was a very uh, doubting, um, uh, well, he became skeptical. He was he was skeptical, and he wanted to know. He wanted to have the proof. He wanted to have the proof formula and everything. I like think that. he was pretty normal, wasn't he? A pretty pretty normal guy. Yeah. He wanted to know. He said, "How can we know the way uh, to this place that uh, you have prepared for us?" Yeah. yeah. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. Verse 6 of John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. No man so, comes to the Father so but the, the only, by me. Uh, the, yeah. the only way to God is through the Son of God putting faith in Jesus Christ. He is the way. He He's the road. He's the door. Well, that's one of the problems these days. Everybody says, well, you know, there's more than one way and every way leads to God and I can do my own thing because, you know, why should, basically they're kind of saying, why should God get to tell me what to do and call the shots? I mean, it's like he bought and paid for the whole earth. He made it in the first place. But we're now saying you don't have a right, God, to rule it or or even give us the plan of salvation. We'll do it ourselves. This is so arrogant and 
totally ignorant, if you ask mm-hmm. me. And there's a lot of exploration, um, uh, religious, options. spiritual exploration. There's and so many options. I mean, if oh. you go to a, you, you go on the internet, uh, you go on Barnes and Noble. Uh, you you know how many how many different flavors of and of styles <laughs> of churches and yeah. lies and teachings do we have all through our nation? And, and so a lot of people are very confused. So some people just said, you know, I'm just going to kind of explore and make my own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to find maybe I, I'll mm-hmm. be my own god. Eventually. I'll find another mm-hmm. god. Uh, we're all God. Everything is God or whatever. And so. So they're they're making a way that really doesn't lead anywhere except to a, a dead end. You know, and 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 that some of these people who are doing this are actually claiming to be Christians or followers of Jesus. Yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of them are uh, have been turned off by that's their true. their church experience. Well, that's part of the last days signs of the last days, the apostasy. We're not going to talk about that a lot tonight, till maybe towards the end. But yep. Um, but let me go back to Thessalonians, because I think we need to understand, you know, first of all, for everybody listening, you really need to understand and examine the gospel that you are believing. What does it look like and how does it match up to the one we read about in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, especially in the epistles? Does the gospel that you're following match up in love, word, deed, action, commitment, persecution, um, see, these, these, these are some of the signs of following the right gospel is, is the persecution and, and um, the intensity. It's that. all their life. It was their life. They in didn't the, have another life. Right. In the book of Acts, uh, there were uh, there were some people in this city of Berea. And uh, the Apostle Paul said that these people were more noble mm-hmm. than those in Thessalonica. What does that mean? I mean... I mean, they were, they were better somehow than the believers in Thessalonica. Well, they were more noble, as the King James says, or they were more astute in, in, in the sense that when Paul preached, they tested it with the scriptures. Right. They went back and to so, the word. So yeah. really, I, I just want to encourage everyone here, uh, like one of our old uh, uh, d- disciples, I guess you'd call him. Mm-hmm. Some people would call him a mentor. He was like a father and a faith to us and a, and a big brother to us. He would say, you know, taste your food before you swallow it. In other words, it basically was test test the food. But you know what that test test it all with the word of God. <clears throat> right. And so so I, I just encourage everyone to just get a hold of your Bible and let the Bible get a hold of you and study and examine and uh and let open your heart to the Lord mm-hmm. with in a, in a desire to do the will of God. Yeah. And and uh you will you will see you know the, this gospel that we're talking about, yeah. which includes the blessed hope, which is the, the coming Second of the coming Lord. Coming of Jesus, you know. Okay, so going back to First Thessalonians, every letter starts out. Every letter Paul wrote, you know, starts out something like this: "Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, truth, love, peace. They're all in the greeting, and you know, and yet we have this concept of God that is so foreign to that. God is mean." He's mad at me. I'm guilty. What did I do wrong? Why am I cursed? My life is falling apart. It must be something I did. We're just prone naturally to believing a gospel of judgment and condemnation and, and separation from God. Love does not come naturally to the human being. It comes naturally to God. And that's why when we get in, in with the Lord, he begins to work in our hearts to be able to love. So he says here, um, 
We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Now, is that what your gospel does? Do you, do you give thanks for the others around you, making mention of them in your prayers, remembering them without ceasing, remembering their, their work of faith and their labor of love, their patience, the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father? Do we get to that place in our own relationship, in our own intimate uh, communication with the Lord that we're rejoicing with hope and laboring in love and patient and enduring, knowing, beloved, that your election, uh, knowing your election by God, knowing, being confident, being assured. Many people, they lack assurance. And if you don't have any assurance of your salvation, you will not have any authority at all. Yeah, and and there's another kind of assurance here. Now, we're talking about insurance. We're talking about assurance. Mm -hmm. and in verse 5 there, it says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, yeah. as, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Look uh, at how many times he uses the word know, K-N-O-W, not yeah. think, feel, hope, you know, well, try. A, right, and, and, and Thomas wanted to know. And Jesus wants us to know. He wants us to know that we can know what we know. Yeah, because and, and that's not a spirit, matter of arrogance. It. It's not a matter of guessing. No. It's a knowledge in, in the spirit. That gives an assurance. That comes from the word of God that gives an assurance and a confidence. And an in authority. In the goodness and greatness and the holiness of God. And uh, so so there is that knowing and that understanding. So they, they knew what gospel they were talking about. He says, it came to you not in word only, not with just preaching or programs or, you know, uh, persuasions, you know, that are of the earthly, fleshly, tickle the ears kind of sort, but with power in the Holy Spirit and much assurance. The power came out of the relationship with God and, and, the, and the Lord confirming his gospel with signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. The devil confirms his gospel with um, lying signs and wonders. Um, but but we're going to go on. we got to get to verse 10. So, and in much assurance, as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. They, their testimony, their gospel was showing in the testimony of what kind of men and women they were. They were distinct. They were different. They weren't of the world. They were in the world. But they did not choose to delight themselves or follow or pursue the things that often set us up in the world. The uh, gospel was demonstrated through their lives. Because mm-hmm. you know why? You know why? Bottom line, because they believed that Jesus Christ was coming back again, and everything else was put aside as less important than that one thing that He, the Son of God, the the Son of God, the Rescuer, was coming back again. Well, that, that's a, that's a, a sense of urgency, uh, you know, in light of the coming of the Lord and. Uh, we're at the time now we'll go into it where, where the Lord Jesus could uh, return for his own. Eminent. They say and his return is eminent. Uh, which, which means it could happen at any time. Right. That means that everything that needs to be done for it to be fulfilled has been completed. And now it's just a matter of God's timing. And then they go into it. But, but let me finish to get to 10. And then this is, we got to, you know, if you want to pr- prove to yourself that Jesus is coming back, just go through your Bible and, underline all the places where it's where he talks about it it's, it's talked about more than his crucifixion right and you know all these prophecies there's so, so many multiple prophecies hundreds of prophecies mm-hmm. about his first coming mm-hmm. and then there are also i think more I, than that i, I don't yeah. i don't know how many I, I haven't i don't have the count but there are many 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 
yeah. concerning his second coming. But this is in every conversation these people are having. I mean, if you read it carefully, every letter, they're talking about Jesus coming back in some something to do with Jesus coming back. One place they're talking about being snatched away. One place they're talking about, um, you know, in the twinkling of an eye. Here he says, but what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, does your gospel, the gospel that you're bringing or you're believing, does it bring affliction? And do we sort out the affliction persecution that comes from being a follower of Jesus Christ from the common everyday uh, guilt, shame, condemnation, and demonic judgments the devil puts on us? Mm-hmm. Sometimes our, our own misbehavior gets us in trouble. We, we reap what we sow. Well, wait, 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 yeah, but wait a minute. Why did we, why did we sow that? Why did we believe that? Why did we do that thing that we probably now regret well, doing? Well, we're listening to the lie of the enemy, of yeah, course. And, who, that, and he's very persuasive. Right, he's very, very persuasive. So then he gets you to feel bad and guilty, and then what does he do? Then he accuses you. And then what does he do? Then he condemns you. And then what does he do? He wants to destroy you. And, and, so how, and it, he presents, it, and he... He brings a judgment, a demonic brings a, judgment against uh, us, and we feel guilty because, you know what, it was my hand that went into the cookie jar and stole the cookie. And so I don't have a way to refute the fact that, yeah, but he's the one who lied to me in the first place, telling me it was okay to take the cookie. And, and because the thought was so subtle, it came as my thought. Mm-hmm. It came, that temptation came into my mind as my own thought. And I think people do not distinguish. They just assume their thoughts are their thoughts, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Not every thought you think you thought are thoughts you thought. Some of the thoughts you think you thought are thoughts the enemy wants you to think you thought, so he can get you to think you thought them, but they're actually temptations. Because if he can get you to agree with them, then he has access to go ahead, the green light, to go ahead and bring upon you the thing that you've just agreed with. That's all about agreements and authority. Spiritual warfare is all about Agreements and authority. Yeah, it's a, and it's a matter of testing every thought. You know, bring every thought captive. Take every thought captive, yeah. In other words, grab it and check it out. According to the Word of God. Grab it and check it out according to the so Word of God. So they were being afflicted with joy. Joy. They were in their troubles. They were being joyful. That's, uh, is that, that is so, the fruit of the so, Holy Spirit, so they actually. Were, they were getting in trouble for, for following the Lord. Well, right you now. know what? If we followed the Lord today, we'd get in trouble, the, too. There's, 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 there's trouble. There's plenty of trouble out there. Uh, Paul told uh, his son of the faith, Timothy, that all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, um, you know, it's, it goes along with, it's not that we're looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's a resistance from the enemy, but, but uh, there's, a, there's a battle yeah. going on that uh, we, we, we persist in through the Holy well, Spirit, and- through the Word of God. And, and the point and of the battle, the, the point of the battle is to promote the word of God. Here he's saying, so the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only here, but all the way through Macedonia, where they were, you know, heading for and places they'd been in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. In other words, there was such a powerful anointing and um, demonstration and conviction that this people was distinguished in their love for one another and in their power and in their love and in and pursuit of God. That was the only thing that, that they were living for. And it says, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, they, they had a, a, a reputation. What does it say? <laughs> the word of the Lord has sounded forth. So, so the word of God went out from them. So they not only received it, but when you, when you receive the word, mm-hmm. there, there's the response is to share the word. Yeah. 
And then freely, Paul's, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So they, they sent forth just the word of God. They were they happy. Were, they were going out. They were full of Free. the Lord. They were, they were not anointed, you know, empty or half full trying to overflow. They yeah. were overflowing they, there was no, faith. There was no other reason for them to do this except for the truth that they were free, truly liberated from the bondages and the sins of this world. So they were their own best advertiser. Yeah, right. So another thing to, uh, and uh, yeah. Well, so then they, they, it says for in verse 9, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living God and to wait for his son from heaven, mm. whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus Christ, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Now, <clears throat> that's got to be a great comfort to a true follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you are my disciples if you continue in my word. And then you'll know my word, and my word will set you free. So these guys had been serving idols. They turned away from the idols. They turned away from evolution. They turned away from humanism. They turned away from uh, um, Calvinism, paganism, Paganism. idolatry. Calvin wasn't around then, but... uh, Well, it's a messed up mixture of whatever. But But they they, turned away mm -hmm. from those idols, idols, hedonism, uh, self instant gratification they turn away from the idols the idol behind the idols are demons did you know that yeah yeah well they were serving demons as they were bowing down to these sticks and stones and i know most of us say well i don't bow down to sticks and stones well you might it might be your grass you worship it might be the fence you just built it might be the you know the brand new patio it could be sticks and stones but the thing is um they and i'm not saying you can't have a nice patio okay i'm not being harsh but what i'm saying is that there, there was a, just a passion, just a, an intensity. And he says they, they turned from idols to serve the living God. Now, this meant persecution. For, for in today's world, for some people, this means you lose your family, you get persecuted, you get cut off the social system, yeah. you lose your job, you get blackballed, you get blacklisted. Yeah, thrown in, thrown in prison. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of people are very mum and mute and quiet about what they're yeah, so these, what they're believing. These people in Thessalonica were not politically correct. No, they, were they, they quiet? They, they weren't um, tolerant in the sense that we're saying today. What intolerance? What uh, what tolerance means in in the United States in uh, this present time is that we tolerate and will accept almost everything except Christianity. That's true. Uh, except so true Bible believing Christians. You know, I I I. I I have to say, you know, that with it's hard sometimes for us to um, to look for, you know, say where we believe Jesus because we've never seen him, look for his returning. It's hard to grasp something that we've only heard about and never actually experienced. It's like, you know, you've seen the advertisements for Disney World or Disneyland. You've seen the, not that I'm promoting that exactly, but you've seen something exciting. Maybe it's a, a Caribbean cruise. Maybe it's a, a something. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. You've heard of it, and then you say, I would really like to do that. Yeah, you put it on your bucket list. But, okay, all right. Yeah. But the thing is, all those things, you still, you have pictures. You have other people who've been there. You can go to the website. You can go um, online and look and learn mm-hmm. and have some tangible information. Um, the only way we can learn anything about the Lord's coming again is really through his word, which he left to us to us through the Bible. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, you know, I've never died, so it's hard for me to grasp my own death. I've never seen Jesus come back. I, I, it's hard for us to comprehend, embrace, get passionate about something unless, like that, unless 
the Holy Spirit has actually revealed it to us. And then it becomes a sense of urgent or it becomes a sense of, of important or becomes a sense of real. And there's a reality to it. Um, so a lot of people, you know, when they hear about Jesus coming again, they, they think, well, you know, it's been, what, 2,000 some years now. Yeah, there's a scripture that says the, the people saying, you know, where is the promise of his coming? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've heard this uh, yeah. for for a long time and uh, preachers preach it. And, and I just want to, you know, um, well, it, it maybe in a sense this is this has been the case where it, it, it could it be like a test. Some people think it's a fear tactic mm-hmm. um, uh, that cooked up mm-hmm. by you know radical preachers, wild-eyed mm-hmm. uh, preachers that uh, just to, to get people saved. You know, you know, you better get saved. Oh, tonight. that's that fire and brimstone. You, stuff, you right? fire, hellfire and brimstone. Oh, you better yeah. get saved tonight because Jesus could come tonight. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be left behind. I remember back in the what seventies, there were these movies about you know oh. being uh, left behind. Well, there's this book series I think too about <clears throat> being left behind. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and so so no, th- there's something legitimate there too because Jesus is coming back, mm-hmm. and in the imminency of his return for his people. Yeah. Th- that imminency is something that we. Luke. Living in the light of return, Jesus is coming back, and 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 really, if if you're loving Jesus, you want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want him. You you long to see him face to face. If you really have a love for the Lord, but a lot of times people uh, think, well, you know what? Uh, I don't want Jesus to come because I got this all the stuff I want to do yet. Got all mm-hmm. I got my plans. Mm-hmm. I want to get married first. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know. I want to climb the corporate retire. ladder. I want to retire. I want to. I want to sin some more. Well, you know, some people say, you know, I got a few more sins I want to uh, commit now before I give my life to the Lord, or or because um, I got to be good after I, I get. Don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want Jesus to come now because I still got some. Well, sin you know, in I don't plan. know honestly if the people are so people interested like in that. sinning and living their their human life. They haven't yet even tasted of the abundant life. I don't right. think. Right, and, and a lot of them, you know, uh, are not even really but thinking I, of it as. as well, there's, as so there's sin. really two groups of people. Then there's the people who profess to believe Jesus and would say, "Yeah, He's coming again," and don't at all act like it or live their life like it or or prioritize according to that. There's that group of people. And then there's the people out there who say, nah, it's not. not you're crazy. There's no Jesus. There's no Jesus coming back. No. You're living in La La Land. And then they go off and, and believe in all these far out fantasies that are even more ridiculous than anything they're accusing Fables. us of believing. Fables, yeah. Uh, Paul told Timothy that in the last days, men, people would turn away their ears away from the truth and be turned to fables mm-hmm. and, 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 and fantasies. And well, some, I, some people I've talked to even recently have the most. A strange, cooked up, cooked up <laughs> ideas. ideas about God and what's real and what's right. It's just, and, and this is They're this is it's, it's up, a yeah. trick of the enemy to bring confusion and and this. And they don't even know it. For, uh, uh, what they're looking for is some kind of better way. Some yeah. some kind of way to get beyond. But you know, a lot of people though, when the way, when that better way, when Jesus comes to them, they don't even recognize it because they're so stupefied 
They're so shut down. They're so mesmerized, uh, seduced, uh, sedated by the things of the world. And I think that happens to a lot of believers too. You know, but with going back to the word delay and Jesus delaying his coming, you know, that he's, he actually told some parables uh, to that, to talk about that. Um, you know, the, the parable of the unjust servant in Luke um, 16, where he says um, he gets to the bottom of the matter, um, you know, because the, the, well, the unjust stewards were thinking, well, the Lord's delaying is coming. So we're going to beat up our, fellow servants and whatnot. And he said in verse 10, he says, um, but he was faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He was unjust in what is, is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your, you trust, your trust to riches? I really believe that um, what we're, we're being tested, trained, qualified, raised up, uh, taught by the Holy Spirit to be in charge of true riches, true kingdom assignments. But before we do that, we have to be faithful in the little things. And I think people think the little things are the little things and nobody notices the little things, mm-hmm. you know, um, like picking up a gum wrapper off the, or throwing a gum wrapper on the par- parking lot, you know, or putting away your, your grocery cart and, and just little things that people don't think are big deals, you know, um, we make excuses, we excuse ourselves from things that might be really, you know, deal breakers in some ways with getting that uh, divine education in how to be faithful in the things of God and being righteous in those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he goes on to say, no servant can serve two masters for either he will love, hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon being the things of this world, whether it's, you know, money or position or uh, praise of men or whatever it is. You cannot. I mean, that's a you cannot. And I think a lot of people try to hold hands with, you know, their faith in God, you know, kind of like you you put it in your top drawer like an insurance or a fire policy, uh, and then you, you go on and live your life the way you want to. Hey, guys, if you want to call in, if you want to talk with us, if you want to discuss, if you want to um, bring in another aspect of Jesus' coming, returning again. I mean, it's a totally exciting um, concept, really. Our number is 347 215 And if you're in the chat room and you have a question, you want to indicate that just come on in we're open and and ready to talk with you so um so jesus is really you know warning about apathy i think some of the sins and and greatest dangers to this sense of urgency is the delay itself you know there were the five wise and the five foolish virgins mm-hmm. and they all fell asleep because it got to be a long time before the bridegroom came back and jesus is coming back as a bridegroom, but he's also coming back. Um, it's called the day of the Lord. So there's a, Jesus' second coming is also hooked up with the day of the Lord. What's the day of the Lord, Jerry? Well, let's, before we jump into all that. Uh, okay, we back were, up. We've opened about three doors there. Oh, that's uh, all. Let's back up a little bit to the delay part. Okay, okay? back up to delay. Uh, so the Lord said in, in Luke twelve forty two. Who then is that faithful and wise servant who his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant 
whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Mm-hmm. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming mm-hmm. and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Whoa. And that servant who knew his master's... Um, well, anyway, let, let's just, just pause right there. So the whole the point, the thing is, are are you... Are we living in the light of his delay or in the light of his coming? There you go. Now, for us, it seems like delay. Okay, it's like, all right, no, he should have been here by now. That This servant is that. Yeah. So picture this. The servant, the master goes away. He says, here's, here's your assignment. Here's your job list. Take care of it. Our job list is what? Preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received, freely give. That's essentially in our job job list. Yeah. Making disciples of all the nations. Go make disciples over all the nations. That's our job list. So when 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 he comes, we are are we uh, are to be in the place where we're caught red-handed doing the will of God. But you know what? I mean, people are scared that I'll be in the wrong place when he comes back. I'll be doing something that, you know, he wouldn't be pleased with. And that's not the way you want to live your life. No, you want to live it. You don't want to live it by fear. You don't want to displease Mm-mm. the Lord. Yeah. But you don't want to live in fear either because uh, you, 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 you will serve. The old chorus says, I will serve you because I love you. Mm-hmm. You've given life to me. And so if there's a love, and there, there's the proof a, of our he's, love is he's coming. Mm-hmm. He's coming for those. And another place it says it talks about he's coming for those who love his appearing. You know, coming for those who long for and love his appearing. So, uh, so really, here there's a motivating factor. And it's like sometimes it's kind of like if the if the cat's away the mice will play the old saying yeah but so so if if you know oh he's not here yet and it's 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 uh, well you know there's a lot of temptations to weariness there's a lot of temptations yeah. to become bitter and overwhelmed especially if you are waiting for the lord and you've got a really difficult bunch of things going on maybe yeah. it's your know, life is really hard with the people around you and you're you're caught up having to take care of them uh, you know, you know, whatever. It's just that there's a lot of you know requirements in your life is just difficult. Uh, it's it, there's a big big temptation at that point to become weary in well doing and to. But we this is our blessed hope to keep in mind that this is all temporary, and our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works a far more exceeding and eternal weight so of a glory. Bl- blessed means you know favored and you know, uh, uh, but fortunate and favored and, and yeah. uh, I know even though we don't feel blessed and fortunate do right but I mean the hope the hope of his coming is like I hope he comes soon and sometimes you know I've heard people say oh I wish Jesus would come so I can I don't out. have to come up with the money for the next mortgage payment well you know? yeah you know the rescue, that sort of thing yeah. so the rescue but, mentality it's true it is a it is a rescue but it it, it is a fulfillment of a, it, it's of a like divine it's a, and he talks huge. about falling that there's going to be the marriage supper of the lamb yeah it, it's after Big. it's coming so so that's coming up and so it's really a a fulfillment 
of a that huge last, divine we promise. Get to be with him. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you know, We're the old the old saying and um they're so heavenly minded they're no earthly good well mm-hmm. you can't really be earthly good without being heavenly minded well he wants us to be faithful and, and that which he's called us to do and that's the bottom line is being faithful um, but so, one of the things so I was going to say too before we go on is that okay. you know um, this looking for Jesus and the revelation of his coming and being uh, aware of it and being um, motivated by it can only come through the Holy Spirit indwelling us we we can't muster up this kind of ang uh, you know excitement. It's it's got to come from within, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. So if you are having a hard time getting your mind wrapped around this concept, it's because it's not a mental exercise. It's not a concept your mind can wrap itself around because your mind has nothing to work with here. But what we need to say is, Lord, give me a revelation of your coming. Give me a give me a, a, a holy anointing. Like John and Paul, they got revelations from Jesus about what was going to happen so um, that we can be there ready to welcome his return. I mean, that's the way I think it's going to get to be towards the end. I think things are going to become much more clear, uh, more uh, cut and dried. You're either in, you're out, you're either looking for Jesus or you're not. And, um, And hopefully... There will not be a lot of people who just sleep through the whole thing and find wind up going down, you know, and say, "What happened? God have mercy." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, God's not willing that any should perish, and I'm not laying that that on Him, but the enemy is is at work to snatch away whatever he can. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea is that, you know, there's so much speculation too about when is Jesus going to come. Yeah, uh, and, and there's I, there's arguments either way. You know, there's a seven year great uh, seven year tribulation period. Oh, it's a time of of, of wrath, judgment, uh, and part of it is a time of redemption for some people who who will come to believe during the time. But it's going to be an awful, awful time. It's going to make uh, the Holocaust look like uh, uh, a Sunday school picnic. You know, by no, comparison. No, that was no picnic. And so, especially that latter half of those that three and a half year uh, period, that's uh, as we discern in the scriptures, as the great tribulation period. Now, some people, of course, believe that Jesus is coming for His people um, before that happens. So mm-hmm. it's oh, we don't have anything to worry about because you know Noah, We're be out of here. Yeah. Noah got rescued before the judgment came. Um, um, but Noah lived through a lot of pain and judgment before he got rescued. Right. And Lot, his rescue wasn't that... Lot yeah. got rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Jesus is going to rescue us from you know, before things get too bad. Well, yeah. we don't know that for sure. And, and, and then we do know he's coming, though. The, the argument, too, is he could, he could come in the middle of the tribulation. Some people um, yeah. say that you know he, he wouldn't come till at the end of the seven years. Uh, but the, the fact is, is that we know his coming, and and uh, we and we need to live like that. I and, mean, and you live know, live in the light of his coming. That's that's what he's saying. Live like every day could be your last day, right? Um, yeah, and then you'll have nothing to regret at the end. Day. Yeah, well, it could for any of us. But yeah. So well, let me go let me back. Just, I want to go back to. Okay, okay, go ahead. One more verse before you jump there, in, into this next part, um, Luke twelve forty. Therefore, you also be ready. 
For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And we'll, we'll talk later on about the signs of his coming. Um, and, uh, you know, so there, there, there's all kinds of signs of his coming and that are becoming more multiple and, uh, and more distinct all the time. But so what he says, uh, I like to say with people that, um, well, whenever you think he isn't going to come, that's when he's going to come. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's exactly. coming. He's coming at an hour when, at an hour, yeah, at a peri- at a period of time when you don't expect it. So it says that's a very important point, be, isn't be it? Be ready. Be ready. That's probably what we're struggling with right now: is the people are not expecting him, and um, and so therefore it's very important that we realize that that could be the very moment he's coming. Um, although we all sense we've still got more stuff to do. There's people are not ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I found just, just even working when I was uh, working in the, in, the, in the business world where some people think, you know, oh, man, what, you know. And you need to work just as hard whether the boss is there or not, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, well, that's a sign oh, of a better, faithful okay, worker, honey. Right, yeah. You, you're just doing it. And it's like. Uh, but you know, it has being, to be an individual. It has to be an individual conviction. I think more than talking to an audience tonight, we really need to talk to each individual heart, because you know, talking to a bunch of people, everybody's got their own little ideas, they've got their own little arguments, they've got their own little problems. But I'm, we're going to just talk to you tonight. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may those things that you hear from us strike you to the core and may you begin to take seriously the profession of your faith and the word of God. And if you're in a place, whether you're under teaching from someone else or or whatever, that is not lining up to the word of God, then get yourself into the word of God until you know what's going on. Because it's not you're you're not going to blame, be able to blame your position on anyone else. And you're going to have to end up with what you got and if you don't like it, that's not going to be happy for you. So listen, we're not trying to be mean, harsh. You know, we're just wanting to warn you that there is a, there is a judgment coming as well. But in second, in First Thessalonians chapter two, verse nineteen, um, I'm sorry, thirteen, he says, "For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because you, what you, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it." Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. This is, I guess, the the point that we are hoping and praying that you will receive the word, not from us, but as it is in truth from the Holy Spirit who is inside of you, who's leading you. And maybe you've been thinking about, you know, it's time to it's time to get more um, diligent. It's time to press in and. And, and you need to maybe say, okay, God, what's keeping me from pressing in here? What's the lie I'm believing? Is it just the, you can't press in anymore. You can't do anymore. You can't figure it out. You can't be any more holy than you've been trying to be. You need to let go, basically, and let the Holy Spirit to pick up the guiding and the training and the leading you into righteousness rather than doing it yourself. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It says, um, for he's, you know, he's been sent to lead us into all truth. Uh, and then in verse 19, he says, for what is your, our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you at the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? At his coming. I mean, see, see everywhere in all the epistles, 
they're talking about his coming back. He's coming back. He's going to reward those who are looking for him. He's, he's being the encouragement. How do you suppose they went through their trials and, and being eaten by lions and things? Because they really believed what they believed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to be, uh, look way beyond our uh, you know, immediate circumstances, and whether they be you know, very pleasurable and very exciting. Uh, very fulfilling, or they're just, you know, everything's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and the whole deal is, uh, in life, is looking beyond the life, the, the, the brief period of time that we have here on Earth. Looking beyond that. To uh, eternity. To, into eternity. Now, yeah. there's a lot of things about, uh, you know, for the believer, it's the new heaven and the new earth, for those that have rejected Jesus, it's the lake of fire forever. So mm-hmm. uh, so we really, you know, there's one of two places. So uh, you know, we have to, you know, come to the place of looking uh, beyond yeah. uh, the immediate uh, well, so life many people, that we have here. You know, they get hung up in, in their, their stuff. They get hung up in being mad or holding grudges, being offended, getting bitter, uh, trying to get justice, um, trying to be heard. Uh, pursuing their rights, um, you know, they lobby for this and they rally around that. They're, everybody's trying to control, fix, manage, or on the other side of that coin, they're trying to avoid, isolate, uh, withdraw, you know, move out into the wilderness somewhere to try to survive without having to be part of anything. Um, but you know, for for Christians, for the the, the the really Jesus's second coming was the great hope and the undisputed linchpin. You know, is the of the gospel of God. You know, there wasn't any idols or false gods that were going to or, or ever made a promise to bring eternal life to their subjects. There was never a, a claim of raising them from the dead, resurrection or return. It was, the, the, the idols, I don't know what they thought they were going to get out of serving idols except one thing, and that was, you know, it was that trick-or-treat kind of mentality. We'll give you a treat so that you don't trick us and curse us. So basically, they were serving their idols out of fear. We'll just give you uh, food. We'll give you worship. We'll give you uh, whatever so that you leave us alone. Mm-hmm. They're trying to buy uh, favor or you know, not necessarily by blessing, I suppose blessing in a way because it wasn't a curse, but the demons they knew were mean and ready to hurt them. So there was no hope there. There was no eternal hope like Jesus had given his people, his followers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, you know, an idolatry. You're, you're kind of uh, pacifying that, trying to find a, a, a fulfillment or to pacify some force or some spirit or yeah. something that... Um, can can really yeah shield you from the curses and release the what we what is would be perceived of as the as the yeah mm-hmm. as the blessings of the favor so we mm-hmm. we do this so we get you know get the money or do this so we get the but why do we do this we, bottom line I think you know even though Jesus is coming again and that is our blessed hope and and he's going to bring his reward with him. Our real reason for serving Jesus comes out of a love. And that love is brought to us, worked within us, uh, ignited 
through the revelation through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Through the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, what's that? Well, what, what are you talking about? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, can I expound on that a little bit? Yeah, that's not just a book in the Bible. Yeah. The revelation of Jesus Christ, the way I, I see it, is, is everything. If you, what, because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if truth equals freedom, then lies equal bondage. And the Jesus is the revelation of truth, hope, justice, vindication, mercy, provision, um, you know, the promises kept. Uh, he, when you understand, like, it's like the light bulb goes on. It's like, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden things are clear. You know, you walk into a dark room and it's dark, you can't see nothing, but we turn the light on, all of a sudden, oh, it's clear. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is like the light bulb going on in your spiritual world and you begin to say, whoa, whoa, there really is a war going on here. Whoa, this planet is pretty hostile, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and there, there's an enemy, Satan, that uh, does everything he can to block or twist that revelation, or to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is that igniting uh, person. Yeah. Uh, uh, that that really gives us that uh, that revelation, that understanding of who he is. And really, you know, what we're talking about, uh, Marjorie, is not uh, just uh, some kind of uh, religion or some kind of practice or some kind of mm-hmm. code of ethics that we follow. I mean, right. there's there's a, there's guidelines in the Word of God for living and every aspect of living. But we're talking about a relationship mm-hmm. with a person. Um, I believe it's uh, is it is it uh, Paul or Peter that says, uh, "Having not seen, we love." Mm-hmm. And then we rejoice. In but all him. these things are totally impossible for the human being. Right. We rejoice for so so we're in we're in love with someone that we've never seen with our physical eyes. Yeah. Because this is a a, a spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. We can read about. It's just like we can't reason when, it. When you when you read about it, just say in a regular uh, book, if you read a uh, a good uh, biography. I mean, I've read a lot about. Uh, William Booth, mm-hmm. okay, who was the General William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army mm-hmm. back in the 1800s, and uh, a, an amazing uh, man came out of uh, poverty and a lot of distress, and but just gave uh, gave himself so fully over to the Lord. So I, I've read a lot about him. I've 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 uh, I even have a tape somewhere <laughs> of uh, that. It just it's very crackly, but from like the early in the early 1900s of his, he's addressing a, a group of people in mm-hmm. San Francisco. So I've heard his voice. I've read about him. I'm totally convinced that he was born and he lived and he died and mm-hmm. and and started the Salvation Army. Uh, so, so I've, I've, I know that person, though I've never met him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you now Jesus, there's a, this dimension that's beyond that. We we read about him, we experience him through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, though we have not seen him, we love him. Yeah. And we rejoice. Uh, well, and he's told us a lot glory. of things. And if we, you know, if you're going to believe him, then believe him, because mm-hmm. he doesn't lie. 
And even, you know, going back to First Thessalonians, we know there's some of the favorite scriptures people talk about when they're talking about a word that isn't in the Bible, which is the rapture. They talk about in 4, 14, 15, um, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Bring with him. Bring with them what? When he comes back, mm-hmm. there's going to be people are coming with him and basically and and some of the scriptures in revelation talk about them coming back on white horses riding an army an army riding white yeah, horses it's in the book of revelation yeah that's pretty exciting isn't it yeah wow. but he but he says um i mean there's a lot of descriptions he's coming in the clouds he's gonna put his foot down on mount olives he uh, he's you know um he's he's got the details right there where he's going to show up and all the eyes all the world will see him i'm sure cnn will be there with their cameras and can't miss them, you know, whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, now it says in verse 15, And this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, see how in everything, every thought, everything was wrapped around some basic principles. One of them was the return of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. Even the resurrection of the dead was um, interwoven with the idea of Jesus Christ coming back he himself it says in verse 16 for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of god and the dead in christ will rise first so one of the things jesus is going to do when he comes back is resurrect the righteous dead um with a shout with a trumpet with the voice of an archangel he's got things he's planning on doing and can you imagine when he shows up and that sound comes forth, and they come out of their graves. Mm. The righteous mm. come out. Um, do you think the other people will see them or not? Or do you think they'll see the gravestones moving? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It says the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who also are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the air. So we probably won't be hanging around at that point to testify to what we just saw, the tombstones moving and the people coming out of the graves and... I mean, this is such far out stuff it's, that it, you know it's it's relegated in our world to sci-fi. It, it and, sounds like it sounds like you know sci-fi and stuff. This yeah. is just it, it's it's wild. But and it then, says they're going to be caught up together with them, the living and the, the dead, to meet the Lord in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, think about so it. So we're going to I mean, are we taking this literally? We're not going to be in an airplane. No, and thus we shall always be with or the Lord. And then, yeah, in verse, and, and if you move on to 15, chapter 5. Of oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. Now, there's, there are different aspects of the Lord's coming. Now, mm-hmm. uh, this, there's something, the, this that we just read here is, is described mm-hmm. um, as the rapture, which means a catching away. Yeah. Um, in and the twinkling of, of an eye in First Corinthians. In a, yeah, First Corinthians uh, 15. 15. Yeah. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Now, so, so, so the speculation has gone, mm-hmm. you know, you, if you're reading books, uh, maybe you've read books and heard sermons about the second coming of the Lord. All kinds and these, of these, these uh, views are, they're just all over, over the the, all over mm-hmm. the map. Uh, there's the aspect of the rapture, which is the catching away of the people, uh, some have speculated. Well, it's just going to God's at the rapture. It's going to kind of skim off the cream of the crop, 
the mm-hmm. ones that are really holy and really righteous and really mm-hmm. intense, they're the ones that are going to be the bride of Christ. And then the others are going mm-hmm. to be, you know, at the marriage supper. They're called to the marriage supper mm-hmm. of the Lamb, but they're not yeah. the part of the but bride. You know. and, and then uh, then there's the idea, well, it's all the believers, all those who believe in Jesus are going to, uh, though the dead that have honored Christ, no matter where they are, wherever they're, if their you know bodies have long ago deteriorated at sea or something like that, they're going to be raised, reconstituted, some way somehow to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we be ever, ever be with the Lord. Now, some people some people will speculate that there if say if the Lord if this happens at the beginning of the seven year tribulation period. Mm-hmm that we'll be there with the Lord for the rest of those seven years, and then we'll come back with him at the end. Mm-hmm. Or if it's... Is that it, called pre-trib rapture? Pre-trib rapture. Pre-tribulation. And then, and then the, if in the middle of the, the three and a half year, halfway through this, that seven-year tribulation period, if the speculation is if he comes then, um, then we be caught up together with the Lord and meet the Lord in the air. Then we come back with him Again, at the end of the That's seven years. That's called mid-trib. Mid-trib. And then there's the post-trib where he wouldn't come back till at the end of that tribulation period. We'd be caught up with him and then come back with him. So, Well, there's a lot of there's discussion. Two, there's two aspects there. There's the, there's the Lord coming for his people and then the Lord coming with his people, like you said earlier, Marjorie, mm-hmm. about the um, coming on the white horses, the following the Lord. So some people believe it's going to be, uh, we'll be caught up to be with the Lord, and then we'll come right back down to to meet Him. Or other, other others will believe that it's you know it's it's we're waiting just during some of those years during the tribulation. We're with the Lord, but then we come back at the end of the at well, the end of the tribulation. All I got period. to say about all of it is that nobody knows for sure except one thing: we can absolutely He's be coming. He is coming. He is and coming, and that's the most important thing: how He gets here, when He gets here, what time it is on His calendar is His job. But all I know is that it also is connected with the day of the Lord. It's called the, um, he's given us lots of signs to look for of his coming. Um, he doesn't say, you know, okay, just hold on till I get there. Just hold, hold on till I get there and I'll, I'll take care of everything. But he does say there's going to be um, in verse chapter five. of what, verse is, what is this day of the Lord? That well, let's read it about. here. He says, okay. um, first, Chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians, verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Now notice, people will often come in and argue, well, you, nobody can know the time. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back because only God knows. That's true, but it's also not true. Because he says here, concerning the times and the seasons, times and seasons, you know, not, there are times, seasons, days, and hours, Okay. Mm-hmm. He says, you have no need that I write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So he's saying you can't know, but at the same time, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon those as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, obviously, she knows her nine months are up. She knows the doctor's given her a due date. She knows that she doesn't know the hour. She doesn't know the minute. Maybe she doesn't even know, actually, the day. But she knows the time. And she knows the season. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so that's kind of what they're referring to here. Well, um, but he say. says in verse 4, Okay. Do not, but but you brethren are not in darkness, so that this day with a capital D should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light, and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep sleep at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Here he says it again but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort, comfort each other and edify one another just as you're doing. So he, he's saying here that, you know, he, he wants us to watch, pray, be sober, be faithful, stay at your post, you know, so the thief doesn't get to break in unaware, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't know when he's coming, but we know Jesus is coming, thief in the night. But he says, you guys keep your lamps burning be aware. So I really believe the signs he's given us, like when they say peace and safety, when they're, you know, the wars, the rumors of wars, the earthquakes and all that stuff. When that stuff has happened and is happening and we're so used to it now, uh, we don't even think it's a sign anymore, do we? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it would be a, certainly a sign where if someone um, came up with a, you know, a permanent police plan, in the Middle East, between the Palestinians and Israelis, uh, Hamas, and uh, all all those over there. Um, If someone came up with a permanent police plan and and all of a sudden the Palestinians are saying, and the Israelis are saying, and the world is saying, ah, at last there's peace in the Middle East. We got a treaty here. Uh, You know, and every effort now, just like, you know, all these people get shot up during the ceasefires, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of how it works. But that would be a significant um, right, right. sign of and, his and coming. The when, of the they temple. See, mm-hmm. when they say peace and safety, everything's good. Uh, uh, the people in Israel are preparing. They've got things in order to uh, rebuild the mm-hmm. temple, reinstitute the uh, uh, the Old Testament uh, system well, of sacrifices and so forth. That's a part of the uh, the fulfillment of, of, of Bible prophecy. So, um, well, in Second Thessalonians, when, just when the, just when the people would say peace and safety, mm-hmm. uh, that's when destruction is going to come. So there's not really going to be peace and safety until the Lord comes Himself yeah. and, and and rules and reigns on the earth, which is yeah. uh, a, 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 an important. Well, in part in Second um, Thessalonians chapter two, it talks about the events that are preceding the day of the Lord, and the day of the Lord also is part of his coming or second coming, coming again. And so he says here in verse 1, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and of our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter. In other words, he's saying, we're going to be gathered together to him, but be careful not to be shook up, not to fall into some false, you know, alarmist, kind of teaching to think that this has already happened uh, as if it were from us, as though the day of the Lord Christ had come. She says, don't let anyone deceive you by any means for that day. Again, with a capital D will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the, the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, um, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So here's another sign Honey, that 
they are going to, the, the day is going to be uh, wrapped in some of those things you've talked about, a falling away and the man of perdition who opposes God is, and is worshipped begins to sit in God's temple. Now, the only place that would be would be the temple that's not yet been built in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which you were talking about that a few minutes ago. And I think we need to be recognizing, if you really want to be a student of these end days or last days or the day of the Lord or the coming Lord, you should pay attention to some of the things that are going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is that building of the temple. Um, then he says in verse 5, Do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you these things? Jesus told us some things, too. Um, and now you know, not think, not hope, not try to figure it out. Now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. In other words, Satan and his mysteries of lawlessness, iniquity, spiritual warfare, have been at work since the beginning. Only he, with a capital H, who is who now restrains, will do so until he, capital H, is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. I think that word then is really, and then is really strategic because that once the Holy Spirit, the restrainer of righteousness is removed, and of course this is how I see it personally is my opinion, you can take it or leave it, that if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, if he goes, we go. Because Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans, I will not abandon you. So the minute, second, that he is pulled off, off, the, off the scene, you know, um, pulled back up into heaven, we'll be going with him. And that would be like the rapture, I suppose, or Jesus coming again. But it says, and then the lawless one will be revealed. So a lot of people are trying to figure out, well, who is the Antichrist and what's his name and 666 and da 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 da. Well, you know, um, for those of us who love Jesus, we may never see that part. We may see it. We may have a pretty good idea who it is. Mm-hmm. But um, for those who see him going into the temple, and doing the abomination, that's a sacrifice that he's going to be doing, blaspheming, uh, blaspheming the, 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 rich, the holy rituals of the, of the Jews and their sacrifices by offering a wrong sacrifice and he's not qualified to do it, that that will become an eye-opener for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, let's say, you imagine all the believers, Jesus is coming, and... Uh, uh, if he is coming for his people. Mm-hmm. So if there is a, a rapture, mm-hmm. Jesus coming to snatch away his people, mm-hmm. you, you think of the tremendous void and vacuum that's going to be left on this earth where you have all true believers in Jesus are, are gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and those, some, some believers are very uh, weak in faith, um, and there are some that are just powerful in the Holy Spirit, but there is an influence. There is a uh-huh. well, we're the, Jesus said we're the light of the world. He's the he said I am the light of the world. Then he then he said to his his disciples, you are the light of the world, and um, the city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. You are the salt of the earth. So uh, if if you lose that light and that influence that right. comes through God's people and It'll all the dark. prayers, the, all the people that have been praying and and living righteously and pointing people to Christ, uh, sharing the gospel, uh, doing a lot of uh, of good things to, to help other people. Uh, you take that away 
you skim out all the, in a sense, you're skimming out uh, a lot of the good, <laughs> um, most of the good that's in this world. Uh, that would just, you know, and uh, the old saying, uh, principle that nature abhors a vacuum. Well, excuse me, when when uh, the when when, when we're gone, mm-hmm. the enemy has just can just kind of come in and get sucked in to have his uh, have this his way. say. Mm-hmm. And and the speculation, of course, too is uh, that uh, you know the new agers who have this um, oh this whole. Uh, cosmic consciousness and uh, they'll have it for the ascended the masters world, yeah. and all this stuff and and this uh, uh, harmonic convergence that they're working toward yeah. uh, in many many ways now there's there are yoga festivals mm-hmm. and 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 there's more and more of these festivals and convergence things just to kind of to tune in to tune into tune into this energy mm-hmm. to save the planet to have all this minus harmony. the Lord. They don't want minus to. the Lord without Jesus, and so uh, and there are many well, that say that it's good. They're going to be glad that somehow, uh, when we're gone, the uh, the world has been finally purged of the we're like the last uh, obstacle op- op- obstacle yeah. for them to uh, <clears throat> declare. Ah, yes, now we have this. Uh, the fulfillment of this new world order yeah. that uh, has been discussed for so long. But, you know, they don't have the hope of their God coming back again. Right. <coughs> yeah, there's no hope for, for in anything. What, what, is, what is the hope? I know, you know, uh, let me ask you, what is your hope? I mean, in the, in the Bible, hope is not spoken of as, well, I hope so, I hope things work out. It, it's a it's a sure expectation, mm-hmm. based on the word of God, based on the promises of God. So there's there's that expectation. There's a hope. Yeah. There's a guarantee. Because God. Uh, there's said a it. guarantee of eternal life. As a not, promise. Not from not God. through uh, what I call recycling. Uh, <laughs> um, reincarnation. Reincarnation. But there is a there's a living hope that that we are going to be talking about a new world order. Yeah. There is going to be a you know a new heaven and a and new it, earth where, where, dwells, every, where righteousness. righteousness dwells, yeah. or everything is going to be right. Yeah, and it's and not. It, and it's too. not. It's it's going to be done by God. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be done by uh, human effort. It's not going to be done by some big. Uh, New Age Harmonic Convergence, it's going to be done by God. Right. And God is promising also to bring with him um, justice at that point. At the day of the Lord, there's going to be, you know, I'm going to read this, and this is very encouraging for people who've suffered a lot of tribulation, unjust things have happened to them in their places of work, in their relationships. They've been ripped off, lost inheritances, inheritances, etc. So that our boast is verse 4, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 4, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that is, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you 
and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Here's another detail. He's going to be bringing back mighty angels in, a, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and, listen to this, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there could be those who think they know God but are not obeying the right gospel. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. So he's saying there's that day is a day of retribution, uh, justice, restoration. I, I think we don't realize how much uh, grief and sorrow and anguish and sadness we live under just because of the loss of opportunities, the injustices, uh, being ripped off. I mean, if you really, I think that's why people, they escape a lot. They don't want to think about it. They, they just accept it as it is and they just go on. But there's a lot of things the devil has done to steal from all of us. And God is saying, you know, your patience is good, but now I'm coming to deal with this thing, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. I think, you know, uh, going back to the idea of the Lord coming again, you know, in Revelations, of course, we have a lot of scriptures there, too. Um, he's going to be revealed from heaven with his saints um, in power. Isn't there a verse to it says where all the tribes of the earth will see him and mourn? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's like they're not going to really want him to come back. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. th- There's a lot. Yeah, it says uh, Revelation 1, 7, behold. Uh, Uh, I'll read it in the King James Version. Behold, he cometh, again, King James Version, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. So, so for... What verse is that? Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. I got to read Are that. you looking at it in the Amplified yeah. Bible? Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of earth shall gaze upon him, and beat their breasts, and mourn and lament over him. Even so must it be. Amen. So be it. They are going to be just so freaked out mm-hmm. uh, by that. I mean, you know, it's like, you imagine all the... Uh, the pride and the evil and mm-hmm. all the the uh, uh, people that have uh, control the wealth of the world, all the people that are on top on top of things, have, all the people that are involved in uh, various sa- satanic uh, treachery things, and human trafficking, human trafficking, war and greed, uh, and Illuminati and Masonry and all these people that are involved in these kinds of things. And there's such arrogance and such pride which is in their plan, which is by nature self-destructive. Uh, they're just going to be, like all their plans... Maybe they'll be freaking out. All their plans are going to be blown to smithereens. Because, you know, and all these... You think of all the, the dictators of the world, all those that have promised uh, peace and prosperity or... or Greatness, and they've had ambition to you know, conquer and and all this stuff. And even though from years past they're going to be uh, there, I mean, a lot of them have mm-hmm. are going to be standing before the King of Kings. Well, and, and the Lord interesting thing is, 
when people, individuals, die individually, of course, dictators and, and haters of God, no one gets, that doesn't get published, what they see, how they act, what they, mm-hmm. how they respond. But when we're all watching this transpire before our very eyes, mm-hmm. you will see just by the very reactions that people are having who's on the Lord's side and who's not. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says here in 8, verse 8 of Revelation 1, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. He who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the ruler of all. So he's the beginning. He made everything. He's the middle. He came as a redeemer and he is the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming the second time to wrap it up. And, you know, I, we live in the midst of a kind of an interesting situation and generation because we've got... We're surrounded by, you know, uh, the the red, the blood moons. And it's interesting, a lot of the things that, that he said would happen in the last days are happening. And it's kept kind of mum and mute. People don't want to talk about it, you know, like the fish are dying everywhere. And, and there's things that are just, you know, if you added them all together, you'd probably have quite a, a, an interesting, impressive list of evidences that show that the earth is kind of wrapping up. But people go day after day, one day at a time, just seeking their, you know, their, their, their lives without the urgency of the most important thing of all, um, which we've said enough about that. I think now we need to say something to the people who are wanting to uh, really turn their hearts over to the Lord and live um, with his coming in mind recognizing first of all that each one of us is an individual who have to give will have to give an individual account of our life will have to stand alone before the Lord God although his spirit will bear witness with us if we have his holy spirit there will be that comfort that we are his and i believe that judgment for us will look a lot different and feel a lot different than for people who have rejected the Lord and do not have the witness of the Holy Spirit living in them. Now, the other thing is it's not about being perfect. Jesus never said, you know, only those who are really good kids can come to heaven. He didn't say anything about being good. As a matter of fact, said, you can't be good enough to get to heaven. You have to come through me. I am the door. Accept me. Believe that I died for your sins. My blood covers your sins. You are forgiven. Forgive yourself. Quit believing the lies of the devil and follow me. Follow me. And that means God will perfect that which concerns us. It's not as hard as the devil's making you think it is. It's not about being good. It's about following Jesus. Follow him and he will perfect us. And I think this is the basic gospel of grace and it's the one that's the least taught. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people think, you know, I go to church. Well, they preach the gospel there. I go to church, yeah. I go to church and I hear the gospel mm-hmm. every week. They pray. So we have so, a cross. So let's just we're just kind of camp on this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? What's the big deal? It's like if people are believing, they're hearing the gospel every mm-hmm. week at their church. You know, different denominational churches and, and fellowships, and you know, evangelical, Pentecostal, um, just every going there, believing that they're hearing the gospel. Now, why? Why would you say? Why would you say that they're not necessarily hearing the gospel? Well, because what, Jesus what, said there's what, a... What is the test? What well, is he the said test the there's a lot are going to say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many mighty things in your name? And these people aren't even doing any mighty things at all. But haven't we done many mighty things in your name? Cast out devils and, you know, whatever. 
And he's going to say, Jesus is going to say, I don't know who you are. I don't know what spirit you've been doing that of, because obviously it's not been under my authority. And so those people are going to be probably shocked, reprimanded. I'm sure that the Holy Spirit is faithful to reprimand all who are astray or backsliding or misbelieving or misbehaving, whatever you want to say. Believing is worse than misbehaving at some point that he's going to um, draw them to another critical place of decision, whether they want to get in or get out. Uh, and that means surrender. That means you know, you're going to suffer for righteousness sake, and you're going to have a gospel that looks like the one God is talking about. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what I believe. It's not going to be what we believe. It's going to be what God says it is. That's the bottom line. So if you don't want to believe anything we're saying, then don't believe it if you don't want to. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter in the end. It will be as the Lord says it is. So um, that's kind of the, the critical piece. You know, we should probably take a little break and give some people a chance to call. Um, I'd like yeah. to get some discussion going. Um, our number is 347-215-8051. 347-215-8051. Be encouraged. Give us a call. We're going to take a break right now and we'll do a little commercial how about the store commercial tell people about where they can pick up our stuff and uh we hope you do recovery offers a wide variety of books teaching manuals cds and dvds all designed to expose satan's lies and equip believers with the powerful weapons of spiritual warfare um that's right and if you've checked out our, our website, um, www.liferecovery.com, you're going to find a lot of stuff going on in that place. We're working to um, make it more convenient for you in a lot of ways. We've got books, CDs, manuals, teaching inst- in- instructions. We do seminars, workshops. Really, our forte, the, the principal thing we talk about is spiritual warfare. And that's the the why Rescue Radio was started, not just to teach and preach, but I guess this is where we start, um, to get people to understand the basics. But there's a lot of, of you out there who are really struggling with, um, you know, so, you know uh, issues with um, uh, personal issues, relationships, problems, questions um, that are desperate. You know, there's depression, there's addictions, there's, uh, you know, trauma conflicts conflicts and so forth mm-hmm. but i would just say that if you just go to liferecovery.com mm-hmm. there there's there are so many uh topics i mean there there's a whole isn't in that word kind of a fancy word called plethora mm-hmm. you have to use that once in a while plethora. i mean there's just a whole what it means there's just a whole bunch of wonderful uh teachings dvds CDs, books, manuals. Is that like cornucopia? I don't know. There, I mean, there's a whole bunch of it, but but it's it's just it's good good stuff. Uh, Simple. It, it it makes things clear and uh, it's uh, you know very very powerful, very well worth your uh, time to examine. So just get on the website liferecovery.com yeah. and just take and we want to yeah we want to encourage people. That's kind of why we do the radio too. Jerry, we, we want to encourage them to get the help, take the opportunities that we're offering. Right. And these, these are just simply you know, tools. Uh, they're teaching tools that can just really, really help you. And 
you know, we've had through our lifetime. There's sometimes there's a there's a message that we've heard. Mm-hmm. There's uh, whether it's through uh, uh, being there live or 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 a tape tape or even reading a book. There's mm-hmm. key times in our lives mm-hmm. where there's been a book, there's been a tape, there's been a presentation. And has really met a need in our life, and it was really a turning point for us. And it was like we might not have realized ex- that was exactly what we needed, but it was exactly, uh, you know, before that. But we didn't know exactly what we needed, and there it is, right there. So uh, I, I, there's a lot of tools in the in the tool chest there that uh, can help yeah. you. Were you going to talk about this? Well, I did want to say something about this one called Answers to Prayer. And we talked about this one time or a couple times ago about if God is so good, then why? Then why doesn't God answer my prayer? And because we get, uh, sometimes our prayers get really delayed, as does the coming of the Lord, we can get into that real place of discouragement. And God looks bad. He looks like he doesn't care, disinterested in us. And this is a very difficult subject because, you know, he gives us grace. He, he, we sometimes murmur, we complain, we give up, we get mad. But we feel like, anyway, that we're stuck. Um, that, that we, and, and, and therefore, we don't believe God does care. But if you're, if you're really struggling with that topic, I think answers to prayer would be a good, a good place to start. Um, you know, a lot of people think that they have to arm wrestle with God. They, they, they just, I've done it myself. Oh, just want to get a hold of you, God. Just, just listen to me. Just uh, whatever, whatever. You feel like you want to just grab a hold of Him somehow, but we don't arm wrestle God uh, to get our will or our way. And you know, a lot of times that's those prayers are prayed in fear and panic. Let me just uh, say uh, some uh, a little thought I heard about prayer, and some of you there might be familiar with this, but it goes something like: prayer is not conquering God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his willingness. That's true. But, you know, when we're in a place of panic sometimes and fear and anxiety have gripped our yeah, hearts. Yeah, you don't, you don't think in those terms. No. You don't even realize God is carrying you through the midst of this thing. It seems like you're all on your own. And um, a lot of times, though, as with Jesus' delay in coming, or maybe it's not a delay, maybe it just feels like one, um, there's a divine purpose and strategy, and so when you go through it and you look back, you say, oh, yeah, it was good that we went through this. It was good for me to suffer. It was good for me to learn this. God is working to complete a greater plan, um, which, um, which in his agenda is to make us more than conquerors. He's changing us from wimps to warriors, and we don't like that. We just want to be, you know, kind of like babied along the way, but I think God has a bigger plan, one that's beyond us. Um, so, if, but the Bible does say if we ask anything according to his will, then we know that he hears us. And then it goes on to say, if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the things we've asked of him. And then, of course, it says in James that a double mind, don't be double-minded in what you're asking for. The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that means really don't go in and out of agreement with God. If you've got something, you believe God for it, stay in agreement with him. Even when doubt wants to make, jerk it away from you, say, nah, this is never going to happen. You just jerk it back away from doubt and say, no, I'm believing God because God, this is God's will. I believe in God. And, of course, there's the other caveat to that. When you're praying for something that just has no other people involved, it's a lot easier than when you're praying for another person who has also a will. Mm -hmm. And their will can be in disagreement with God, even though they're praying for what they think they want from God. 
They're actually believing lies that are keeping them from receiving it. Therefore, it doesn't happen even though you are believing God for it. So there's a lot of things that can be brought into this. So um, to change, something in your life must change. You know, to change something, and, and I, I have heard this saying a lot, it really bothers me, that um, people change, but they don't change much. Isn't that how that goes? Will, Will Rogers said that. I, I, I hate that, because you know what? Jesus Christ is all about change. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, it is what it is. I hate that thing. too. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's accepting. It's a self-accepting, self-defeating. Um, you know, you're going into agreement with. You know, it is what it is, and people don't change. And I think, you know, we don't change much as we try to make our own resolutions and self-will uh, and willpower uh, to change. But once we give it over to God, surrender, die, quit, um, and let the Lord begin to make the changes, it becomes. A victory. It's a transformation, you know, from the uh, mm-hmm. from the inside out. So it's so, a, it's a new life, and and uh, it's not a matter of turning over. So anyway, leaf. it's just a matter of uh, uh, submitting to the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit. Yeah. and you know, a lot of God people work, they think uh, they think you. this is boring. They think it's um, it's it's just a chore. It's just so undelightful. It's just like. Why would I ever want to give my heart to Jesus? Why would I ever want to do any of that? Because it's just so, so boring. I mean, maybe even you're thinking, wow, those two sound kind of boring. But, you know, I'm not, I'm so happy and excited. And and I probably know a whole lot about more than I probably want to know about the end of the world and what's going on out there. And yet every day I can rejoice because God is good all the time and God is in control and he is. He he loves me, mm-hmm. and I'm not alone. Yeah, and it, it's again the whole idea of the coming of the Lord, the rapture, or, uh, looking for His coming for His own people. Uh, it's not a matter of just you know, oh, I, so I can get out of here. You know, some people, you know, when He says we we'll wait for His coming, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean sit around and and, and twiddle your thumbs. It it means. It means, and Jesus said, occupy till I come. Yep. So some people, you know, what does that mean? Would you just sit around, occupy, just sit in your rocking chair and rock out? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, 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 it's a matter. Occupy means do business. That the King James, that's what, the word occupy means do business till I come. And what is, what is our business? Our business is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And our neighbor is ourself, and we love our neighbor as ourselves by uh, sharing sharing Christ with him, demonstrating the gospel of Christ, yeah, and, and sharing with. Well, with this them. is a, you know this is just so big. It's it's really people. If you if you just read it, read the Bible, read the Revelation in, in Revelation eleven, verse um, fifteen. It says, "Then the seventh angel sounded, sounded the trumpet." That is. And there was a loud voice in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders um, who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, we, are, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. And the time of the dead. And the time of the dead. And they 
that they should be judged. You know, there is a judgment coming. There is a, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there was lightnings, noises, thunders, and earthquakes, and great hail. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is spectacular. This is greater than, more astonishing than any uh, grand opening for the Olympics, any you know, Super Bowl, anything, any human program men can put together any building of any construction of any thing magnificent as some of those things might be this is god coming back to take ownership again take charge restore he, he is going to he's going to reward the righteous, the righteous mm-hmm. and bring judgment to the wicked those that have rejected and no one can escape this and no i mean there there is he is coming like it or not whether you believe it or not yeah whether you like it or not, or, you know, he's coming. It can't be changed. Nobody could try to, you know, no, Satan, stop tried, it. No. Satan tried to stop his... Yeah. his uh, well, Satan had his plan to establish the, the earth according to his own dominion right. and kingdom. Satan tried to stab, stop his first coming mm-hmm. way before by defiling the DNA mm-hmm. through the Nephilim and all that stuff. And, and just the giants. The, the giants Nephilim, back yeah. in, in Genesis chapter 6. He tried to kill off the Jews. And he tried to kill off the Jews. He tried to kill off uh, you know, uh, Mo, you know, Moses. You know, he tried to kill off Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus himself when he yeah. was born. And so so he's been working to destroy it, but he, he What can we do, it. though, with people's unbelief, their skepticism? I mean, skepticism to me and unbelief and doubt is a demonic attack against the brain, mm-hmm. against the mind. Mm-hmm. And what, what can we offer people to, to uh, deal with? I would say what we offer people, you know, the word of God, that, you know, speaking the truth in love is so powerful. And, and, you know, ignorance. Uh, uh, is not bliss. No. <laughs> ignorance. My people are destroyed for... Lack is it, is of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, six. Where, the, where there's no vision, the people I, I could perish. be all, uh, off of that. I think it's Micah 6. Well, it's in a couple Amos. places. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't have it right here. But my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the ignorance, uh, you know, informing people, hey, mm-hmm. Jesus is coming. Uh, Jesus has come. Mm-hmm. Jesus is here. Jesus, you know, he's here through the power of the Holy Spirit. You and know, he's here to, to make people new and to transform people's I, lives. I and, think the, I think part of the problem, too, is that, you know, when the when the 911 happened and the towers fell down, people were freaking panicky. They thought, is this the end of the world? And they would come and to us running across the street in the middle, in late evening to ask us as we were getting home uh, from wherever, is this it? Is this the end of the world? They were ready to do business now because this was scary. This was, is, this, are, is America going to go to war? What's going to happen here? Um, are we, you know, is there going to be bombings everywhere? Is this it? Is this it? Whatever it would be. But I think we're in it right now, but it's so it's like the frog, honestly, people getting cooked in the kettle, but the point is the One frog is put in time. cold water 
and it's just turned up one little degree at a time and the frog gets used to it and he doesn't take his opportunity to jump out of the water before he gets cooked. He gets cooked, yeah. And so people right now, I mean, think about yourself. Obviously, you know, we're we're not doing justice to, to this whole topic of Jesus coming back. Um, we're not wowing you with bells and whistles and trumpets and angel blasts and thunder and lightning and a light show. What we, but we want you to consider prayerfully as we beseech you, as Paul would say, we beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, but that you would consider what we're saying and that you would not turn it away and you'd not say, oh, I've heard all that before or, oh, it's, just, you know, fatalistically, there's nothing I can do about it. You are going to be in it. We're all going to be in it. Nobody escapes this, this grand um, finale. The dead in Christ are going to rise. They're going to be there. Uh, the wicked are going to, you know, rise at the very end. Uh, we're all going to be in this thing. Yeah, there's, you know, the question is, whose side are you going to be on? The question is, who do you believe? Whose report who do, you do you believe? Whose report do you believe? Do you believe what God says, or do you believe what the devil says? Yeah, yeah. So, That's what it basically boils so, down to. Uh, let's, uh, I want to just look at, too, you know, the signs of his coming. Okay. You know, when, when you're traveling, you, you watch the signs. Right. Uh, I was just on a trip recently um, down south and uh, driving a lot of miles. And you're watching, you're watching for signs. You're watching for signs for gas stations, and maybe a restaurant, uh, uh, motel. Highway you know, signs, uh, make highway, sure you're in the right direction. Highway signs, make there. sure you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for signs. And basically, you know, there's GPS systems now, but basically you, when you're there on the road, you watch the signs, you follow the signs, and you, you're, you're okay. You know what right. you're doing. And you know where you're going. You you're heading the right direction. You, you got the, help along the way. Yeah, you got the help along the way. So some of the Jesus gave the disciples signs of his coming. Now, they um, his disciples. This is in Matthew 24, mm-hmm. starting with verse three. Uh, as, and as he now as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, "Tell us, when will these things be?" Now he's been talking about, you know, the temple, uh, the temple being, being destroyed, destroyed yeah. so forth. He says, "Tell us when will these things be?" Now there's three kind of like um, three questions kind of rolled into one here, kind of like we do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we roll over so each we're other. We're like Jesus; we kind of run into each run, other, run a lot of questions together. But anyway, <laughs> tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay, so they got three questions there. So, mm-hmm. and Jesus kind of, he kind of puts it all together. He doesn't really distinguish, uh, uh, well, he does <laughs> in this whole chapter. And I, I would just urge you, friends, to to read this whole chapter. I don't think we're going to go through a whole thing tonight. Maybe skim through a few things here with it. But um, this is really talking about his his coming. Again. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, his coming again. Yeah. He says, the first thing he said to them, mm-hmm. uh, verse 4 of Matthew 24, take heed that no one deceives you. Yeah. Just watch out for deception. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, well, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. I am the anointed one. Mm-hmm. And will deceive many. 
And they're going to, in Luke, it says, and they're even going to say, and the time is, has drawn near. Mm-hmm. So they're going to even be using the end times as a oh, sure. way oh, to sure. deceive people. And, and, so, and now, now this is something we could expand, and we're not going to tonight. Therefore, he said, could, he said, therefore, do not go after them. So in other words, you know, as you're talking about deceiving, People can be, how many times have we had, you know, people saying, oh, the end of the world's in, you know, on, in 1988 or 89 or, right. you know. And, that, and that's, the, the, those that have cried wolf with arguments, you know, remember the book uh, came out of uh, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 88, and then he didn't come, and then there was 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 89. And, you know, people, have, you know, I think just a couple of years ago, people, predicted certain dates and they give this guy a whole bunch of money and uh you know i don't know if they sat on a mountain somewhere waiting for the lord to come at such and such a day and such and such but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen at some point yeah but some people you know the wolf is out there the wolf is out there (laughs) and you 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 cry wolf but uh but here's some of the more signs so the number number one sign is don't be deceived don't be deceived and then receivers will come verse six you will hear of wars and rumors of wars okay uh, and Jesus says in Luke about the wars and the rumors of wars and the commotions. He says, "Do not be terrified." Yeah, yeah. So he says, and it says here, and it says here in Matthew twenty-four six, uh, "See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet." Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go through this kind of quickly here. And again, not yeah, uh, we could dwell. Well, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. We see that all the time from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, and there were uh, famines, oh Earth, my. earthquakes, uh, Africa, pestilences, all kinds of diseases we hear about on, mm-hmm. on the news on a regular basis. Fearful sights, great uh, Ebola, signs from heaven. AIDS, all mm-hmm. this stuff, uh, cancer, um, and earthquakes in various places. The earthquake rate has just gone berserk mm-hmm. in, in recent years, just this century, in the, even in the last 10 years. Part of you know, it's I say, well, we just got better monitoring now, but the Earth is really just it's just constantly shaking. Well, we we know. we hear of an earthquake and we don't really think of much about We're it. We're probably anymore. doing something to cause that as well. Well, but, yeah, we, we, there's messing around with the uh, the, with the environment. Mm-hmm. The place. Uh, all these are the beginning of sorrows. But nonetheless, Jesus said it was going to happen, and sure enough. Yeah, it's happening. He says they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Persecution. I, I, yep. I read, uh, and, and you will be hated of all nations for my namesake. Uh, true, loving, born again, Bible believing mm-hmm. believers who really love Jesus are are becoming fast becoming the uh, number one enemies of the state. Well, there's a lot of martyrdom going on. There's a lot he of says, martyrdom um, going on. Yeah. He says, therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will do to answer when they draw you up into the, the, the courts of kings and to give you know, a testimony and to give an account or um, put, bring you before the adversaries, the judges. Um, you're going to be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, friends. I guess that's going on for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so so Mar- what Margie's reading here, I'm reading... Matthew 24, she's reading what's called a parallel passage in uh, Luke 21. Luke 21. So that's why we're kind of going back and, and forth here a little bit. Um, and he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. They were delivered up to tribulation, kill you. Uh, we talked about that. Be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then verse 10 of Matthew 24, 
then and then many will be offended, will be will betray one another, mm-hmm. and will hate one another. It's the same thing. Uh, taking offense. Oh, that's why you know it keeps lawyers going. Now, in the second coming, going down into the signs in the heavens, he said there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, and the sea and the waves roaring. You know, the things that are happening, like with the Pacific Ocean and the radiation out there and Fukushima and the things all dying and many, many yeah. fish and things within the sea are dying and getting tumors and washing yeah. up onto the yeah. shore. And and it says many, verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. There, if you really, mm-hmm. you need to open your eyes, Pete, uh, friends, yeah. within the church, mm-hmm. the churches. uh there is so much. You really need to check Ask things out because to open there, there are people that sound very uh, influential. They might have uh, big churches and write books and be well respected and lauded to the high heavens, but mm-hmm. they are not necessarily people of God, so you really need to sniff them out. And men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud, in a cloud with power and great glory. Mm-hmm. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Wait, I thought you were supposed to get all depressed and bummed out. No, he said, look up and have suicidal thoughts. No, well, no. some people will. Some people you know? will, but he says, so. So the thing is. If, if he we says, can, don't let your heart be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness okay. and the cares of this life, that that day, the capital D, comes upon you unexpectedly. Oh, uh, yeah. For it'll come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole world, or the whole unexpectedly. earth. Unexpectedly. A snare. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things and to come to, and to, come to pass, and that will come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Yeah. So this is ultimate warning, you know. Another part, another one says, says because lawlessness will abound, mm-hmm. the love of many will grow cold. Will grow cold. Yeah. Uh, and but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And here's here's the good news. Oh, one of the, we have someone who'd like to talk. Okay. To us. Let me let me just get one more verse in here. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. One quick verse. This is this is this is great. This is one of the most wonderful signs of his coming. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So that's that's one of the great signs of his coming is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, wow. this gospel of prevailing is being preached in yeah. all the world as a witness to all the nations. Praise God. You think it'd been died out by now. Hey, who's on the line? Hello. Hi there. See, one of the things that I wanted to ask about was, you know, a lot of people are are dealing with fear of death. Am I going to be okay? Mm -hmm. And when they hear this message, Mm -hmm. um, I'm surprised that they don't say to themselves, Boy, I'd rather be loved by God than mm-hmm. than to die in fear. Why don't they want to turn to God at that point? 
Well, that's a very good question. So your question basically is if they have an option to be loved by God and live in rejoicing or you know, live with fear and, and look forward to nothing but tragedy and difficulty, why would they not choose to be loved by God? The only, the only thing that makes sense to me is the fact that they are bound by fear, a spirit of fear, by, bound by anxiety, bound and held captive uh, in their own souls, in their own lives, and so that they're so used to um, the negativity, they're so used to the hopelessness, they're so, it's such a familiar, you know, it's a companion to them uh, that they're used to it, and so they don't consider the options. And people are born in, in circumstances, and most of them never get out they're born in a certain religion. They're born in a, circum, a certain caste in life or state or financial, economic situation, whatever. And many of them, you know, they change. They try to push their way out. Some of them try to, especially when it comes to money, they try to make the changes. But in their minds, the basic belief systems, um, like like life is like going to be hard for me or uh, God doesn't love me or I'm guilty. And, and you know, by the time they're they're tiny, they're beginning to be programmed by guilt, shame, condemnation, lust, the lust sense of their identity. They don't know who they are. And, yeah, right, so to this is a big step for people to believe that they could be loved, that they could have a mansion in heaven, that they could be, uh, that, that it's okay, that Jesus loves them, he's good, he's real. I mean, even if you saw that movie, Heaven is for Real, um, the shock for me was that the people who say they believed in heaven were very upset by there being a heaven, you know. Um, Why? I, you know, because, again, I think we're just so acclimated to the world and the world system that we don't think there is a, another explanation. We don't get spiritual warfare. We just think there is no warfare. There's no devil. This is, is what it is. This is life. This is just the way it goes. And I have to live with it, put up with it. It's my cross to bear. It's my fate. Um, it's not fair. We get a little mad about it, but we don't really take a look into the Word of God unless, of course, the Lord himself begins to work in our lives to bring us to a place of salvation. And I think it's the initiation. The Holy Spirit initiates the drawing of our lives into the Word. Uh, not that we aren't having, we have the Spirit of God already. He created us in his image, so there is that desire to know God and resonate with God. But we have to respond when God begins to initiate. And uh, I don't know, maybe everybody isn't uh, going to be as as, um, as aware of that or as, as tuned in or as hungry for that. Uh, uh, more used to, again, living in fear. Yeah. Uh, another aspect of this, and it's really related to this, is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 or 4, verses 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So if someone if someone is totally blind, you could just shine spotlights all over them, and they can't, they can't see anything around them. Um, so, so this is part of the, the goddess age has, has blinded the minds of people. So they just kind of stay, don't get it. stay in their in their ruts. So they don't get it. They don't understand. Here's the thing: is and what is the it? The it is is the love of God. It's the gospel of Jesus. And what I uh, what I see in this is that this gospel uh, 
we earlier in the program tonight we were talking about uh, well, the Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians, "You saw what manner of men we were among you. You, mm-hmm. you saw that our witness, we, our, witness our, our demonstration, mm-hmm. our, in, it was not in just word, but it was in power. Right. It was in the spirit. It was in much assurance." And the we cannot minimize the dynamic of a person who it loves Jesus, has wisdom and compassion, and and has that the, the power of the Holy Spirit working strongly in them upon their lives. That kind of influence in the in the love of God, bringing the truth of God to people in personal contact. Mm-hmm. So, in that, other words, those that, people may not have been. Contacted or well, felt. yeah, a lot of people they've they've they've, they've kind of had maybe some church experience, uh, right? They, they, but 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 have they met someone who's the real deal that will befriend them and talk to them mm-hmm. straight? And not necessarily that that person is going to just say, "Oh yes, oh my, you're so wonderful. I'm going to mm-hmm. give my life to Jesus." It may not quite happen that way. But that's the method it's Jesus gave. It's a process. That's mm-hmm. it's a process. That's the method Jesus gave. Now we're line the, upon through line. the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God working in and through us. We're we're the messengers. We're we're the um, means. So you're saying if they don't get delivery. it, maybe they haven't read the message. May, no, maybe the they message. haven't had a person. Haven't had a person that's really. I just share this with you. I, I I am certainly not boasting in anything. I'm just boasting in God. Um, that's what Paul said. I he says if you know anything good that I did, it's, it's I'm I'm it's I'm bragging on God because it's God doing it. So um, was at a, um, a big music festival a few weeks ago, and uh, it's not not a Christian music festival, but there was this uh, young lady. Um, and I and I shared, standing by herself there, and you know, you know, daytime and everything like that, many many thousands of people there, and um, shared shared with her about Jesus. She had many questions. She was hurting. She was sad for her friends. Her friends were sad, um, and 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 shared the gospel with her. And 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 she looked at me at one point, and she says. She says, thank you so much. No one has ever showed this to me before. Not just told me. No one has ever shown this to me before. And she just kind of threw her arms around me and just started crying like a, you know, just profusely. So so I really believe that we are the showers. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit gives the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're the ones that are the showers. Yeah. And I really believe that is that is a key thing mm-hmm. for people to just to look beyond well, the the fears and the ruts and remaining that, as they are that they that there can be real change without um, uh, getting into some well. And the other part of this program. too is to show them, but also to deliver them. Jesus says, "Cast out demons." Mm-hmm. That's part of the job of the witnesses and the witnessers. Yes. To, to to preach the gospel but with signs, wonders, power and part of that is the power and demonstration to cast out demons because I believe the demons of fear, anxiety 
care or whatever that's are God, blocking. That's the work, that's the work, that's of, the work the of the gospel. Of, the God of a God of this age has blinded, blinded them, them and yeah. bound them. Yeah. And so, so I think for yeah, so I think part of your problem is seeing there. There's not enough laborers in the harvest field. There's not enough people who really are passionate about what they believe enough to love another person or work with another person or bring them to faith. Um, and yet that is, uh, we are the contact points of heaven on earth to well, bring truth to people. That's and what deliver. Jesus said, pray or ask the Lord yeah. of the harvest that he might send laborers into the harvest. And that's, and the other side of that one is that the laborers can't get weary. It says don't grow weary in well-doing. Because b- bottom line, the salvation of souls is the job of the Holy Spirit, but we are his assistants, so to speak. We go with him or we, we um, give the word and the witness so when you're talking to people, I'm thinking that we're going to see some things changing uh, in terms of people getting off the line uh, in the middle of the road. I think they're going to go to the right or to the left. They're going to be either for or against yeah. God. And I think, uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I do not think this is going to go down with a whimper and people aren't going to have any chance to make a decision. So be alert. Uh, can we pray with you on this matter? And then we kind of kind of have to pray us out of here because it's kind of time be, to wrap it up. Be one of those people. Yeah, yourself. Yeah. Be it's, one of thanks. those people that uh, Thanks for being one of those people. people. Yes, thank you for being one of those people that show that shows uh Is there anything else the that you want to comment on our comments? Just that one comment that you made about God drawing you to a decision point. It mm-hmm. seems to me that he does that continually. Over and over, you're making a decision for God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you have an opportunity to make that decision and strengthen the ones that you've made before that. And sometimes, right. of course, we go back and forth, and then it seems like we're just digging a rut and going nowhere. So let's pray. And it's uh, kind of. Do you have one more verse you want to read? Yeah, yeah. Thank okay. you. Uh, thank you for your call. Yeah, and you can pray with sure. us as we kind of pray this out, and Jerry's going to read this verse. I'm going to read this verse. You could just stay with yeah. us here. Yeah, and then we're going to pray. This is a good way to, and you could just uh, kind of join us in prayer here as we wrap it up for this evening. So I get excited about this. Go for it. <laughs> Revelation 19:11 through 16. Whoo! Now I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with the robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. Amen. Thank you for your promises, for keeping your promises that you are coming back, that you are returning. And as we agree together, we ask that the eyes, the hearts, the lives of those who have been struggling with fear, anxiety, unbelief, um, 
not knowing, not hearing, not not even having heard this message, no one has shown them anything. Lord, that you in your great mercy would turn the tide of doubt, unbelief, skepticism, sedation, seduction, turn it away so that your people can have a glimpse of hope and a glimmer uh, of that hope in, the, in and through the face of Jesus Christ, that they will not perish in that great day. And as you return, Lord God, those who are waiting for your appearing, we pray that you'd encourage with rejoicing, that you'd strengthen us with joy, and that you'd give us divine wisdom to know where to stand, what to do. Uh, guide us, because even in the most precise little tiny things, that may mean the difference between life, eternal life, and death. So, Father God, in every move, let us be led by your Spirit, and let those who have heard tonight uh, even be drawn into the fullness of taking this matter personally uh, and taking it seriously and taking it to you, Lord Jesus, and asking you for a revelation of your coming that will transform and tra- their lives and transfer them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear Son. And so, Father God, we're asking these things now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you for hearing our prayer. We ask them in Jesus' name, and we bless you, Lord God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, and thank you for um, looking for his appearing. Yeah, and uh, again, as we end with this, Revelation 22, uh, 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. And then John who wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote the book of Revelation, he says, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen and good night. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.